0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cody Vanson, for Mike Smith, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief, excuse me, is on the line.
1: Hey, Keith. Hey,
0: Just moments really after we wrapped up yesterday, the, the news broke about uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his wife Sophie Gregoire, Gregoire Trudeau, excuse me, I got my mouth working here, uh, have decided to separate. And it, it's become rather a, a headline across the country, I feel for the family, obviously, with kids involved and what have you. But really, mostly the headline I think would be is how this might impact Trudeau's future in terms of running for office again.
1: Oh, indeed. I mean, um, it's not proper for opposition parties anyone to comment on the breakup of a marriage in terms of their personal privacy. And we wish them all the best uh, for both of them. It's a private matter. But it does keep the conversation going about Justin Trudeau's political future. He says he's running again in 2025, presuming that's when the next election is, but there continues to be some degree of skepticism attached to that uh, promise because of his slumping numbers in the polls. Um, you know he's he's lagging uh, in popularity significantly Peter Poliev is not doing very well either but Poliev's party's got a you know 8 to 10 point lead in most opinion polls which which is significant and if the Trudeau brand is a, a drag on liberal fortunes I think there may be pressure on him to indeed step aside and let someone else take the reins uh, but he's you know he's proved resilient in the past and again best of luck to both him and his wife uh, as they go their separate mm-hmm. ways but uh... This will continue the conversation and the speculation about his political future. Let's
0: talk about BC Ferries because also yesterday on Baldry's Beat we were counting down to the 10:30 rather unprecedented news conference that was held by BC Ferries mm-hmm. brass.
1: Yeah, so uh Nicholas uh, Jimenez, the CEO had this somewhat extraordinary news conference with himself and a couple of his senior uh, chief operating officers were with him. You know, I've covered BC Ferries for years. David Hahn used to be in the media quite a bit when he was CEO, but he never really had news conferences. It was all one-on-one. He'd phone up CKNW. You know, he'd be give interviews to individual outlets, but news conferences were a rarity. Now you've got this, uh, I think, basically a damage control news conference yesterday in the wake of two weeks of somewhat chaos on the BC Ferries and senior management not being available for comment or explanation. And they were all there yesterday. As well, the media got a a tour of the operations center, which is very unusual as well. Uh, So BC Ferries making an announcement. They're hiring extra staff on standby this weekend. They expect almost 600,000 people to travel the system on the weekend so it's uh it's gonna be an extraordinary busy time but um it's basically a test whether or not they can meet the new uh surge in demand with their existing resources and it's not clear they're going to be able to get through this weekend without without some significant disruptions. so we'll see i mean he also pointed out they are in different different um Level now in terms of problems than they ever have been. Uh, they've got uh, a surge in the record year, record quarter in in sailing numbers of people taking the vessels, which is reflective. You just had a segment on healthcare, uh, Jody. We're yeah. seeing a surge in demand on all sorts of things because our po- partly, uh, in part, uh, our population is, is just growing phenomenally. You know, we're, we're grew about four hundred thousand in the last few years. You just add those people to the mix. That means that many more people are shopping. That many more people are trying to access health care. And that many more people are trying to take the ferries. So the ferry um, demand is increased significantly, but you've got an aging fleet. You've got a lack of staff, or not always, but certainly at times a, a critical lack of staff, which prevents votes from sailing. And then what we saw in the last two weeks, a serious IT issue when it comes to things like the reservation system and the website. So Jimenez, the yeah. news conference, you know, I think it was great that he made himself available along with his team, took questions for a long time, gave access to the operations center, which we'd never been in before. Uh, and perhaps that's a, a sign that he will change the style. He's only been in there for a few months, so you got to give him a bit of slack. But perhaps be more accessible to the public when these problems arise than they have been in the past.
0: Right, and this summer, and as you said, in recent weeks in particular, it's been rather the new version of the dumpster fire file, um, in in just being almost well unreliable. And mm-hmm. and ferries need to be reliable. People do business by using that as their mode of transportation. They they attend they attend important events. They they have healthcare reasons to to travel back and forth. It it is an extension of our highways uh, to some degree. But it seems, Keith, and maybe. But please do feel free, as always, to correct me when I'm wrong. Um, it feels to me that it has almost been expected that just prior to a long weekend, you would learn that one of the boats was out of service. It, would just, it was just—it was—it was almost like we're just going to let you know that this one is—is—is is, is damaged, or we're just got what One's out for repair, so be ready for extra delays. We're going into this long weekend. With none of that, uh, uh, that unprecedented promise that, you know what, everything's there, extra staff will be there. You know, we're going to test the system here.
1: Oh, it's going to be tested big time. Um, 210,000 vehicles are expected to be carried this weekend. It's the busiest weekend of the year. Uh, there's always going to be sailing weights, there's always going to be some glitches. But I tell you, if one of these vessels suddenly has an um, equipment problem and gets a knocked out of service, <laughs> a we're going to have chaos. So, no, I, I, yeah. I, I would say the odds favor it being smoother than not but given what we've seen in the last couple of weeks uh, who knows it's uh it's going to be interesting
0: it's going to be interesting for sure we'll open up phones on the subject of ferries in just a second but i want to talk a little bit about south of the border we touched on trump yesterday today is a big day uh as we see again the the president the former president of the united states uh, answering for the indictment um and and showing up in court
1: yeah, so he's uh, in New Jersey right now. He's on his way to the D.C. courthouse, uh, heavy security. He may just drive under into the underground uh, parking garage. We may never even see him. Um, he's going to be fingerprinted. He's not going to have his mugshot taken. Uh, it's going to be a very short hearing in front of a magisterial judge. Um, and it's supposed to be over fairly quickly. So uh, I'm not sure how much drama is going to be associated with this. This is his third time through the indictment process. Uh, so he basically knows how it works, but uh somebody will have been speculating he 's going to get his mug shot, and the authorities apparently said no there 's no mug shot here. We know who he is, but his fingerprints will be taken and it 's an extraordinary day i mean it, it, this is the third time, but this is I think the arguably the most serious charges basically related to an attempted overthrow of a democratic election outcome, and that 's more dangerous than and more serious than paying hush money to a porn star. And even though the classified document uh, indictment is a serious charge, I don't think it's as serious as this one.
0: Right. So Jack Smith's investigation into these efforts, alleged efforts of Trump to overturn the 2020 presidential election, and the argument, and the and as we have seen in the past, the the Republican elected officials fall into line with extraordinarily similar talking points uh, when when <clears throat> there is upheaval such as this, this Trump Donald Trump facing his third arrest in four months, um, and and hearing. I heard Trump's lawyer on CNN basically say he's allowed freedom of speech to to have said that he Mm -hmm. believes that he won the election, which, you know what? Fair enough. But once you get into a courtroom, that changes in a big, big way when there is evidence that you didn't just believe it. You actively tried to create fraudulent um, uh, pieces to overthrow the duly elected incoming president.
1: Well, one of the most damning pieces of evidence that will be brought out will be the tape recording of his phone call to the Georgia election official, right. or of the lieutenant governor, asking him to find more than eleven thousand votes to give him so he can win the state, uh, basically to overturn the already uh, results of the of the Georgia election. So it's not just free speech; it was active, willful acts designed to perpetrate a fraud on uh, on the electorate. So this is very serious. When, and you talk about the Republican Party getting in line. <clears throat> more than one commentator and analyst has pointed out this is a very dangerous time for the states. If one political party basically says the justice system cannot be trusted and therefore don't believe the justice system. That puts democracy in peril in a significant yes. way. So the, the United States is very much at a crossroads, which is why I think you see people now like Mike Pence, the former vice president, Chris Christie, the former New Jersey governor running for president, really starting to take Bill aim Barr. at Trump. And Bill Barr. Yep. You know, Bill Barr. Uh, yep. All of them now lining up, taking aim at Trump and pleading with their their party to you know shake off trumpism and and embrace democracy, but right now i mean right now outside that courthouse are the proverbial Band of lunatics. Some of them. Um, one guy's on Twitter. I see somebody's posted a video. He's got ram horns on his head, and he's got various signs talking about how fascism has taken over the United States and, and that Trump "Make America Great Again" must save the planet. So it's, um, it's we're back to the the Wild West of Trumpism, and we'll see where it goes. But I tell you, All the right. states is in a very dangerous place right now.
0: Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief, here to take your calls to 604 280 9898, star 9898, a free call on your cell phone. And you can also email in. I'm Jody at CKNW.com. That's Jody with a Y at CKNW.com. And I got a I got a note right off the hop here, but just hang on the lines. We're coming to the phones. But but Keith, Frank said, why is it never brought up that the ferry system has moved more people and vehicles than ever in the first six months of this year? Which, by the way, I think you just said. Also, why is it not focused on that over 80% of all vehicles are reservations? So the number of persons inconvenienced is a really small number. The ferry issue is simply not the issue the media makes it out to be. That's Frank.
1: Well, you know, there is, I mean, it's one of these glass half-full, half-empty arguments. So, yeah, um, the number of, of canceled sailings in the overall system is less than 2%. So not that's not a big number. Right. But on, a, on an aggregate number, we're talking, uh, I think, um, well, around 150 or so. So if you're stuck in one of these lineups uh, where suddenly – uh, can, uh, vessels uh, sailings are canceled because of staff shortages, and that and the hours you spend there start to increase. I think it is a public issue, and it should be reported on. But he's he's correct in that the vast number of sailings, just like at YVR, we only report, you know, plane crash. You know, the report problems. Safe yeah. safe plane landings. Uh, but now yeah. these cancelled sailings are starting to be more noticeable. By ferry's own admission, they've not had these mm-hmm. staff shortages that they've had for the past year or so. And that has a direct, and we talked about this before, it's not their fault necessarily. Transport Canada insists on a relatively high number of safety certified crew members to be on board before the vessel can sail. And once you start, the right. uh, number goes down, you're going to have some more cancelled sailings. So, yeah, 90, 98% of the time, everything's fine. But that 2% does affect a lot of people.
0: All right, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Dennis in North Vancouver, you are up first. Welcome to the show.
2: Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, Comment about the ferries. Um, They are definitely an extension of the highways of British Columbia because our capital is in Victoria. And uh, the Trump, Trump, Trump stuff. Boy, you get tired of hearing about Trump, Trump, Trump. But I feel that the, whatever judicial system there is in D.C. about this January 6th thing, I think they opened a can of worms for themselves. Because now if you take him into court, he has the ability to subpoena anybody across the country. There were attorney generals that changed election laws. And I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I've lived in British Columbia since 1971, but I was born there. Um, you have to follow the law. You did not take that through the legislature, so they could bring all that into court from all across America. So I think they made a miscalculation here in doing this about the January 6th deal.
1: Yeah, I don't quite buy that, but I do buy the argument there is a risk uh you know Trump opponents, there is a risk to them you know opening the, if indeed this is opening the can of worms, and i don 't think it's so much on that point that he made, but on whether or not this suddenly turns Trump into kind of a martyr for that side of the mm. political spectrum and and enhances and solidifies his grip on the republican party and um emboldens the extremists in America to become even more extreme. That's the risk I think the indictments potentially cause. But I think the upside of charging someone who is alleged to have done what he done in such a position of power outweighs the risks that could be associated with the indictments.
0: Yeah, democracy very much on the line here, and seeing if the system that was built, uh, uh, that the United States was built on, is going to test this here—that no one is above the law. And believe us, honestly, uh, talking about Trump can get exhausting from a media perspective as well. Yeah. I want to quickly squeeze in, Chris and Squamish, Qu- Chris, quickly, uh, your your question for Keith.
2: I would just like to make a statement about uh, how uh, things have gotten out of hand down there. Uh, Fox News, for example, uh, whenever they're taken to court, they claim that it's just entertainment, it's not news. That three-hour time slot that goes in their prime time has to be the most, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, disgusting piece of news that they've ever decided to do. (laughs)
1: Yeah, uh, well, Fox News certainly, is. I think, has a corrosive influence on public discourse in the United States. It does skew things to the right significantly. But it's interesting, Rupert Murdoch, who owns Fox News, also owns the New York Post. And the New York Post has had some of the most unflattering anti-Trump headlines on their front page for some time. So Murdoch has turned against Trump. Um, And I think he's still very much a pro-Republican, which is perfectly fine, but I think he's another one joining the long list of fairly right-wing Republicans who have turned against Trump, and they're hoping the rest of the party does, but boy, I'll tell you, just keep an eye on the events in the coming months down there. I'm not convinced that uh, the Trump nation is disappearing anytime soon.
0: Yeah, we're gonna keep our eye on it and keep bringing the facts forward. Big part of this is to actually go beyond the skip along the top uh, surface headline sparkly things, but actually dig a little deeper, which is what we do each and every day here on Baldry's Beat. Thank you so much, Keith. And have have yourself a great long weekend. Yes, have a great weekend. Thank you for doing this. We'll see you a little down the road.